0: When you take away the sugar, you can finally discover the real sweetness in your life. I'm your host, Netta Gorman. Today I'm talking to you about the mistakes that many people make when they start reducing sugar. I've separated the five mistakes that I talk about into two separate podcast episodes and this is the first part. In this part, I talk about mistake number one and mistake number two. And this week's episode of the Life After Sugar podcast is brought to you by the After Sugar Club, where you'll get all the resources you need to help you make those small but powerful mindset shifts and get guidance step by step on your personal path to feeling free from sugar so that you can get to a place where you don't even want it need it, or miss sugar anymore. You'll be part of a friendly, encouraging community of health-conscious people just like you. Most of us are also intermittent fasters, but not all of us. There's a place for everyone. You can sign up at aftersugarclub.com and click on the green button, join the club. All right, here's the recording of a live video that I did about five mistakes that a lot of people make when they first start cutting sugar. And today's episode is about the first two mistakes. I'm going to talk to you about the five mistakes to avoid. There's not just five, but I'm going to talk about the five ones that I find that come up the most often. Five mistakes to avoid when you want to reduce sugar. Hmm. All right. So mistake number one in my experience in the last six years of talking to people who want to reduce sugar is not respecting your natural personality. What does that mean, not respecting your natural personality? I don't know if you listen to, um, it's episode 12 of the Life After Sugar podcast, where I talk about um, whether we're a moderator or an abstainer. And Obviously you can't split every single, like there's such a a big population into just two groups. But generally, if in your life in general, you prefer to go uh, step by step or gradually, then you're probably a moderator. In other words, if you can sort of just reduce sugar, and it's not just for sugar, but that's the example for today. If you can just reduce sugar gradually over a period of time, and feel totally aligned with that and comfortable with that, then you're probably a moderator, what they call a moderator. And that is how you are in all aspects of life, not just for reducing sugar. So if you fit in the way that you reduce sugar into how you are already, then that will probably be more sustainable and comfortable for you. Whereas if you're more of an abstainer, if you think about how you live your life in general, And you prefer to go cold turkey uh, with sugar. In other words, stop it all at once um, and just like say, okay, no sugar, no flour, no sweetness, which is actually what I did. But the thing is, I did that and I'm not saying it's the only way or even the right way. It turned out to be a good way for me to do it, but... You know, because it turned out that it fits with my personality. I'm a sort of, I guess, an all or nothing kind of person. When I'm in, I'm all in. So this kind of approach seemed to work for me. I felt comfortable with it. I didn't feel that I was suffering in any way. But I think, I think one of the mistakes we might make is to sort of look at outside rules and try and impose them on ourselves and if they don't fit with our natural personality that could be a problem long term so basically my message to to you is you don't have to you don't need to be like anybody else and nobody else needs to be like you how you decide that you want to bring you know reduce sugar or cut out sugar it's got to fit with you with who you are you know what they say you do you (laughs) and you don't have to be like me in fact I often say please don't be like me you know I mean one of me is enough (laughs) be like you be like you so know yourself and respect your natural personality so if your family isn't ready to to bring you know to cut down sugar or to cut sugar completely that's okay other people don't have to be on the same path as you. And I'll tell you a secret. My family still eats sugar and flour. And so we're not all exactly the same. And they don't impose anything on me or sabotage me. And I don't impose anything on them. And that's how we live a nice, peaceful family life because we accept our differences. So you may need to have a heart to heart conversation with your family members to lay down some ground rules. If you decide to change your diet, but they're not ready yet, you may need to have a conversation with them to lay down the ground rules to say, listen, I want to change and reduce sugar because I just don't feel good anymore and I've got these health issues or whatever. And I would really love it if you would respect that. And, you know, let me do my thing. Let me go with what makes me feel good and, and not sabotage me by either saying things that go against my decision or by offering me sweet stuff or by saying, oh, I'll go on, just one. You know, you might need to have this kind of conversation to lay the ground rules for what is acceptable and not acceptable for them to do or say so that you can do this experiment and see how much better you feel. So, and also I want to reassure you that, you know, you don't have to make completely different meals for you and for other family members. And you can keep it simple. That is like, so that you're not making like three different preparations or recipes for the same meal. I just want to take a quick break to introduce you to my partner for this podcast, Medicine with Heart, which is an international functional medicine clinic specializing in difficult chronic cases of hormone imbalance, Lyme disease, mold illness and digestive dysfunction. You can sign up for a consultation with their team to see if they can help reverse your disease. Find out more about them at medicinewithheart.com. Um okay, so giving sugar a meaning is mistake number two. What does that mean? How can you give sugar a meaning? Well, here's the thing. And here's the thing that's interesting about having a literature teacher <laughs> to teach you about sugar rather than like a, a nutrition expert or a doctor or someone. Because here's the thing. Sugar is an inanimate object. Okay. What I mean is is that it's not, living it's just a thing okay and that means that it's not alive it doesn't have a personality it doesn't want to do you any harm or any good it doesn't want anything from you even though you may think that sugar wants to do you harm it doesn't actually have any kind of moral value or any kind of life force it's just a thing it's just an inanimate object But here's the thing, it probably represents something important to you, right? Um, I mean, it certainly did for me. And I would look to sugar to fill some kind of human need, right? Very valid human basic needs. It probably represents something for you. Maybe it represents comfort. Maybe it represents reward, you know? Like ah, oh, it's the weekend. I think I'll just have a little bit of, and then fill in the blank. You know, a glass of wine, or a bit of chocolate cake, or a bag of chips, or pizza, or whatever. It doesn't even have to be actual sugar. You know, maybe it represents stress relief for you. So that when you are stressed or exhausted at the end of a long day, or at the end of a long week, it's like ah, oh, now I can eat sugar. That may be what it represents for you. Maybe it represents reassurance for you. So this totally valid human need for reassurance to say, Oh, you know, it will calm me down. Everything will be okay. As soon as I have my bar of chocolate or my cookies or whatever. And that was definitely the case for me. Definitely. Or maybe it represents celebration. It's my birthday. I deserve chocolate cake or birthday cake, whatever flavor it is. And, or for example, it's Christmas or it's Easter or just name it, Sunday morning or it's Saturday night or whatever. Or maybe it represents a little bit of all of these. And if it does, if sugar or some kind of food like chips or pizza or wine or whatever, if they represent these things, I just want to tell you that you're normal. <laughs> um, I get it. Um, I was exactly the same. And it's it's nothing to be ashamed of uh, or to beat yourself up about that sugar represents these things. It's just totally normal. That's pretty much how we most of us grew up. So um, this is where you have the power because you are human and sugar is not, okay? Therefore, in my humble opinion, you have the power, the power to give sugar any meaning you want, and the power to change the meaning that you give to sugar. It might seem impossible when you're in the throes of a craving, or if you just, you don't have the energy to do anything at the end of the day, let alone start thinking about you know, philosophical ways of how you relate to sugar, (laughs) you know, but the fact of the matter is that you actually do have the power as a human, as a person, to give sugar any meaning you want, because it's just inanimate, it doesn't have any inherent meaning. How can you do that? Ah, I've developed specific exercises for us to, to go through how you see sugar or any of these foods that like have a hold on you, an emotional hold, how you see sugar, how you can change how you see sugar and how you can replace sugar by other more healthy ways of getting those very valid human needs met. Healthier ways, not just healthier nutritionally speaking, but healthier all round for all of your life because you're not relying on sugar to meet these emotional needs, you've got, I'll give you like a whole toolbox as it were of different tools to to be able to get to, to, to meet those needs. Imagine if you were to cut out all sweet foods, not just sugar, all sweet tasting foods, even gum, even sweeteners for just two weeks. How does that make you feel now? Let's say I were to say, okay, yeah, but here's your challenge. I don't really like the word challenge, um, but here's, you know, let's use it for today. Here's your challenge for the next two weeks. How about you cut out all sweet tasting foods? And for some people that even includes fruit and, you know, you don't have to cut it out forever. And I'm not saying you have to even cut it out for two weeks, but sometimes it helps just for those two weeks to kind of re- reboot your taste buds. Um, and you won't, I promise you won't get scurvy in two weeks without any fruit. <laughs> but how does that make you feel? Do you feel, if I say that to you today, do you feel like, no way, no way? What are you, crazy? Or do you feel, ah oh, well, I can do anything for two weeks. Let me give it a try. What's the worst that could happen? I promise you the sky won't fall on your head. <laughs> I mean, I gave it a try. And I resisted it for the longest time, the longest time. But I gave it a try because I really felt that I had no other option. My body was, had backed me into a corner. I felt so terrible with bad digestion and all kinds of other health issues. I was like, okay, whatever, just, I'll just try what I've never tried before. And it worked for me and for my personality. And it certainly worked for my taste buds certainly it it kind of recalibrated or started to my taste buds. So the thing is you see because all sweet tastes can keep your sweet tooth alive if you have one. I had a terrible sweet tooth and so even safe and healthy sweetness can sort of perpetuate this need for sweetness. So as I say if you're the sort of person that wants to reduce gradually go for it but you know that the reduction should, you know, I think it shouldn't take like six years, (laughs) you need to give yourself some kind of temporary period where you're sort of reducing and not like eking out the reduction, the time that you reduce, so even safe, what do I mean by self or healthy sweetness, like sort of fruit puree, fruit juices, um, all those uh, Sweeteners that have sprung on the market, like erythritol and, and monk fruit, and all those things that you know don't don't affect your insulin levels, but they do affect your tongue and they do affect your brain. They send a message to the brain: "Hey, it's sweet. Give me some more." And so, as I said, you don't have to cut them out forever. You start off with two weeks. Two weeks is long enough to see a change or to feel a change. But if you're open to doing a little experiment on yourself, then that's a good sign. All right, so just as a recap, mistake number one is not respecting your natural personality. In other words, thinking that you have to reduce or cut sugar in any other way than the way that fits you and your natural personality. And sometimes we can actually be surprised at what our natural personality actually is when we start reducing sugar. Some people think, oh, I'm more of a moderator. I should go step by step. And then they realize, oh wait, I think where sugar's concerned, I'm actually better off completely abstaining. And that was the case for me. I was sure that I was a moderator. I was sure that I could handle a little bit of sugar, but I'd never tried it before. And when I did, I found out that actually I'm an abstainer, and moderating sugar or abstaining from sugar, neither one is better than the other. Mistake number one is thinking that there's one way to reduce or cut sugar, and in my personal experience, and my experience helping dozens of other people, there is no right way, or rather, the right way is your way, the way that respects your natural personality. And mistake number two that we talked about is giving sugar a meaning. Giving an inanimate entity, an inanimate object like sugar, some kind of moral value. That it's good, that it's bad, that it's out to harm you, that it wants to soothe you or give you reward. We as humans give meaning to things. And one of those things is sugar. And when we remember that sugar is not alive it doesn't have a personality, it doesn't want to do you any harm or any good, then we reclaim the power of giving sugar whatever meaning we want to give it, including no meaning at all, which in my experience leads to having peace with sugar and not needing it or missing it anymore. I'll tell you about the three other mistakes I see people make a lot and I don't exclude myself, in the next episode. And if you're looking specifically for sugar and flour-free recipes, as well as tips about looking after your gut health by making your own fermented foods and drinks, then you can find them on my Life After Sugar YouTube channel, on the Life After Sugar Facebook page, and come and subscribe to my Instagram, which is at Sugar where I post pictures of what I eat, what I do, and sometimes pictures of our cat, (laughs) so that you can see that it is totally possible to live an active, happy and fun life, even if you don't eat sugar. And for more free resources, check out my website, aftersugarclub.com, where you'll find videos about what to eat, how to avoid hidden sugars when you go grocery shopping, and what the deal is with gut health and fermented foods. You can also download my simple guide to getting more energy. Go to aftersugarclub.com and click on the tab Simple Guide. And if you're an intermittent faster, then I have five tips for you to help get rid of cravings that may be getting in the way of the easy and natural intermittent fasting lifestyle that you're looking for. You'll find those at aftersugarclub.com. And for a deeper dive into your relationship with sugar and how you can work towards freeing yourself from the hold that sugar has on you so that you can get to that place of joyful freedom from sugar that I've been living for almost seven years, And experience what it feels like not to want, need, or even miss sugar anymore, then the After Sugar Club is for you. Check it out at aftersugarclub.com. And if this podcast is inspiring you to take one more step towards your life after sugar, then could I ask you to please scroll down and leave the podcast a lovely five star rating and leave a short review? to let me know how this podcast is inspiring you to break free from sugar your way and find the real sweetness in life. And if this is your first time here, don't forget to subscribe to the Life After Sugar podcast so that it appears magically in your podcast player every Sunday. Thank you for listening. That's it for this week. Keep in touch and see you soon for another episode.